Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to my podcast and I'm grateful for all the love and support you guys have been giving me so far. This podcast, as you know, is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and their life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today, I have an incredible guest and I am so excited to bring him on. His name is Dr. Arya and he is an expert in the psychology of behavior change and long-term health. He believes that everyone is connected by the desire to live a healthy, meaningful and fulfilling life. However, sometimes there are parts of our lives that seems to be outside of our control. As a high-performance psychologist and mindfulness specialist, he has learned that our external reality is often a reflection of our internal world. Dr. Arya also believes that our minds are the most powerful tools we have to build long-lasting emotional resilience and physical health. He always says, when our mind is in a good place, healthy and effective, actions flow more easily and naturally. In this episode, Dr. Arya digs deep into the psychology of our mind and teaches us how we can all live a more mindful and peaceful life if we just learn how to gain back control of our thoughts and feelings. He also talks about how the nutrition we consume and intake daily affects our bodies and our mind both positively and negatively. Without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Hey, Dr. Arya, thank you so much for taking this time out of your busy schedule to be on a Purposeful Mindset podcast. Honestly, man, I'm so grateful. I've been waiting ages, literally, since I listened to your podcast of Stephen Bartlett a couple months ago and then re-listened to it today at the time of this podcast. I was just like, this person, like I need to have, I, I think at the time I didn't even have my podcast, but I was like, if mm. I ever have a podcast, I want Dr. Arya to be one of my guests. It was like the insights and your mindset and Obviously, after going after a um, podcast I listened to with Stephen, I went back and started researching about you and saw some of your videos, some of the things you talk about. And I just loved your energy. I loved the way you kind of come across and, and how you share stuff with so much like, like genuine authenticity. And I love that. And I was like, if I ever had a podcast, Dr. Ari is going to be one of my guests. I don't know how I'm going to get him. I'm going to stalk him. I'm going to do my best to message him, DM him as, on any platform I can to, to ask if I can, if I can have him on and... and for him to kind of share his wisdom but I genuinely I've I, I personally haven't actually heard your story in terms of like how how you're doing how all of this came about of how you became a psychologist and um, mm. helping people do what you do today so I'm genuinely curious to know your story if you don't mind sharing that at the beginning and then I'm gonna just literally fire away at like naturally how I normally do through my podcast and I just want to pick your brain because Something yeah. that we both have in common is psychology. Like I never studied it. You definitely are way more wiser than me in that field. But I kind of experienced it more when mm. I was interacting a lot with human beings, meeting for coffees, through social media, interacting with people, observing. And I learned a lot. And I had a mentor that taught me a lot about psychology. But we'll get into that in a bit. But I genuinely wanna, wanna, um, want to just please introduce yourself to everyone that's listening. And then we can, we can hear, your, hear your story. So my name is Dr. Arya, and I'm a high-performance psychologist. Essentially, I work with individuals who are at the top of their professional game. So that could be in acting, sports, finance, and there might be one or two things happening. They might either want to take their performance to the next level, so they want to understand how their 
way of thinking or their emotions or their habits are either propelling them towards their goals or holding them back. Or they find that there might be a lack of balance in their life. So they're a master of the universe in terms of what they're doing professionally, but their relationships might be suffering Mm. or they could be experiencing low mood or anxiety, uh, dissatisfaction with life. And so I help people to understand their own psychology so that they can have more control over their own life. Mm. Because I think we're all connected by this desire to live a healthy, meaningful and fulfilling life. And we're all trying our best. We're spinning a lot of plates with work, family, relationships, and sometimes we can find ourselves becoming off kilter in, in one of them. 100%. I love that. I love the fact that what, when you were saying about how everybody just genuinely wants to live a healthy, happy, you know, genuine, authentic life where they just want to be happy. And I think that's what everybody's struggling with now because the, life, the, the world that we live in now is so busy and everyone's crazy, just working hard and hustling and doing what they need to do to survive and, and pay the bills but they forget to take time out for like themselves and to reflect and to introspect and to really get down to something that you talk a lot about, which is mindfulness, which is just living in the present moment and enjoying the presence of even this conversation that we're having now with the, with the people that are surrounding us right now. Um, but where did it all start for you? How, how, did, how did this all start? Just before I come on to that, I think it's, it's a very astute point you've made. And it was something which... Uh, professor in the 70s noticed so he was an economics professor called Richard Easterlin and he was studying happiness and he found the surprising paradox that while there appears to be a link between happiness and income among countries as a country's financial levels go up and and overall uh, wages have risen yet happiness levels have either flatlined or decreased And we've had an increase in this um, rising prevalence of mental health disorders. And so a lot of the time we're focused on the external journey. Mm. It's woven into the fabric of our society to earn more money, have prestige, have power, have fame, to be known. And I call that the external path. Now, that's important. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you aspire to have a lot of wealth, then then go for it. But what it shouldn't, what we shouldn't do is confuse that with thinking that we'll find internal happiness or contentment through that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people I work with often have an abundance of wealth. They could have, I've worked with people that have had hundreds of millions of pounds that have achieved more in a lifetime that, than anyone would even dream of. And yet they don't feel happy. They don't feel content. They might have low self-esteem, Uh, they might feel like they're an imposter. And so the internal path is so important. And that's what I've always been fascinated by. Um, To go back to your initial question, I've always been so interested in how our own mindset, our way of thinking, our way of perceiving the world, the internal model that we have hugely influences how we feel and and what we do. And I noticed that whenever I was I was uh, 18, 19 years old. I was studying medicine. So my parents are medical doctors. And I was at Edinburgh University. And I followed in their footsteps because they uh, recommended a, a secure path for me. Um, and because I had certain grades and certain subjects, medicine was an obvious option. And so I went 
into that for the wrong reasons. I went into it for external reasons. Mm. And then my father was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer, and he was given about six months to live. Thankfully, he's still here today. He had an amazing recovery um, with fantastic treatment. But my dad and I were having a conversation one day, and he said, look, if you don't want to study medicine, don't do it for us. And in that moment, I made a choice. I made a choice to leave. Uh, I had an open place I could return if I wanted to, but I was going to try and really figure out what it was I wanted to spend my life doing. Because whenever I imagined my future, I couldn't imagine being a medical doctor. Mm. And strangely enough, I don't like being in hospitals. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a pretty obvious sign like I really just don't enjoy the uh, the environment energy and that yeah I know exactly the feeling I'm not a big fan of hospitals at all as well and so and so I started this path of trying to really understand who I was uh, the type of person I wanted to be and what I wanted to do nice I love that so you kind of all the dots kind of connected for you I guess right like at that moment when your dad you know you had a conversation with you and just kind of allowed you to be free because before that, you were kind of, in a way, you were kind of influenced by them being being so successful in their career. You kind of thought, you know, well, I want to I want to follow their footsteps. They kind of, I guess, sometimes our parents, especially for me, anyways, coming from like an Asian background, our parents usually just put on a lot of pressure on us to just do something. Not for, it's it's, it's not even for something that's our happiness. Most of the time, for them, it's just for so them so they can just boast to others that my son works in this place or my daughter does this. For them, it's more about what other people in the community would think think about what what their son and daughters are doing. And for us, it's like, man, we don't want to do it. You don't want to work in the bank. We want to go do this. Like, why do you want to? And then then you have the conversation with them. And they're like, why do you want to be a speaker? That's the silliest thing to do. People will laugh at you. They're not going to, you're not going to make no money. Like that's such a, a silly decision. But they don't realize like that's where our passion and purpose lies in that's why we're doing it and they will never see that but we need to I always tell people we need to understand that end of the day this is our life and even if it's not for us just try it just go and do it because something towards you know something that's that makes us really passionate about what we're doing right now in our life we should just try that if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out we're still young we can go and try something else absolutely you're spot on and I think it comes from a place of love generally any parent just wants their children to be happy. Mm-hmm. But everybody has an idea of what will bring happiness. And like you said, it's cultural. So my father is Persian, he's Iranian. And so having an academic position or being a medical doctor was seen as being a pillar of the community. And so it was something that was very aspirational. And it's generational as well. Security, I think, was hugely... Uh, valued by our parents. So if you could be in a solid profession where you where you had that security, then our parents believe we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the case, but at other times it's not. And you made an excellent point that something that I've been reminded of throughout my life at different points is that life is short. Yeah. And we really don't know what's around the corner. We live as though everything will continue the way it is, but everything changes. You know, it's part of the bit of philosophy. Everything is impermanent and everything changes, like the seasons. And we don't know what will happen tomorrow, whether or not our loved ones will still be in our lives for um, whatever reasons, whether or not we'll still be in the same career. And so I do 
try and encourage people to take ownership over their life and realize that they are ultimately responsible for their own life. We all are. And when we take that, that on, on the one hand, it can feel like a burden, but on the other, it's very liberating. When you realize that actually, even though you feel pressure, no one can force you to do anything. Yeah. The way that you view the situation, the decisions that you make, the actions you take, they're under our control. Mm-hmm. And by understanding your psychology, you can have more control, which is, I believe is my purpose is to help people to understand their own mindset so that they can take control of their lives in, in more areas. Love that. And just to add on to that, Dr. Arya, do you think at the time when your dad, when you found out when your dad had that cancer, did you have some kind of like a sense of urgency that just suddenly rushed through your, through your mind in your life where you were just like, damn, like I never thought this would happen to my dad. Did you have like a mind shift at that moment or some kind of a sense of urgency where I don't even know how long I have to live? Because mm. you know, given that you've, you, know, you had a conversation with your father and you know, they told him that you've only got six months to live. Yeah. Did that give you also in your life, did that give you like a push at the time? Yes, it's funny. Taking a step back, I think change can happen in two ways. It can happen in a flash where you have a moment of insight or you, I heard a quote once that people only change when they become sick of their sickness. Love that. It's only sometimes when people hit rock bottom do they decide, actually, I've had enough. I'm changing this. I don't take care what it takes, but I'm not willing to put up with this any longer. It could be with our health, with our, the way we look. It could be with um, a relationship, career, anything. Or it can be like a slow, gradual change where you begin to take certain steps and it leads to something else, and then you find yourself growing and going into a new direction or a new path. Mm. For me, I at the time of the late teens, early 20s, I went through uh, clinical depression and, and internally I was really suffering. So I felt lost, confused, uh, upset. My emotions felt like they were hugely overwhelming. I didn't feel in control. And all I knew was that I wanted to have, and it sounds cliched, but this sense of inner peace. I wanted to have inner contentment. And I remember actually attending a talk by the Dalai Lama. And he said that, Emotions are like waves on an ocean. They're, they're on the surface. And the goal isn't to get rid of emotions. It's not to become um, immune or apathetic, but it's to be able to connect to a deeper place because beneath the waves, there's a stillness in the ocean. It, it, there's just silence and calmness. And actually what I realized was I wanted to find a way of creating that calm within the storm or being able to connect to something deeper so that there's a sense of clarity and calmness and peacefulness, even when there's carnage around in terms of your thoughts, emotions, what's happening around you. So how can someone that's actually listening now, if they are going through those emotions you just named, or they're going through depression or anxiety, um, and they don't have that stillness, they don't have that calmness in their life, that peace. How can someone find that? Because I get asked, a lot of people come to me through my content on social media, 
asking me about you know about depression or anxiety um or how can i find more peace in my life and i find it really hard to sometimes i personally find it hard to answer because i've never faced it meaning i've never been through depression or anxiety so i only ever give them some positive advice from what i can tell them from what has helped some of the people that i know but i can yeah. i will say to them please seek like professional advice because i'm i'm just like a speaker like i'm just talking about my personal growth journey what i've yeah. learned how i've changed how i've managed to shift my mindset how i've managed to take more action the things that i've done if they help you that's amazing if they don't then i always tell them please try to you know go and see someone that uh, that knows what they're yeah. talking about because i don't like to give people advice especially in this topic where i'm not like i haven't gone through it i i have empathy like i super like i i genuinely can feel these people's heart and they yeah. i know that what they're going through but i can't really do anything about it because i don't have that experience or that knowledge to to share with them mm-hmm. but what can what can they do if to to basically get out of that state and and find that inner peace mm. i think a great point that if anyone is experiencing mental health difficulties to go and speak to their doctor uh, confide in a trusted one family and to uh, reach out for external help and not to suffer alone because you know one in four one in three of us will experience some sort of uh, mental health difficulty at some point in our life and it's very natural it doesn't mean you're weak or that you're um or that there's anything wrong with you going deeper into your question if someone wants to understand how can they begin to make changes in their, in their own life i would say it's for me it's always a two pronged approach one is from a mindset point of view and a realization that shifted things for me is that we are not our thoughts so we have thoughts the way that the mind is built is that thoughts automatically pop up in our head you know if i said to you um sadik i don't want you to don't think about anything don't try and think about anything in particular but i'm going to say a couple of words and then let me know if anything happens to pop into your head but definitely don't try and think about anything mm. okay you have a blank mind cake birthday <laughs> dog <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to think i just believe it just magically just appears in the head you literally have to picture all these things as you're saying it yeah so when i write a cake what what did you think about like a massive chocolate cake chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> cuz i love massive, i love chocolate cakes so that's the first thing that popped into my mind like chocolate fudge icing i like it uh, when i said birthday did anything pop up yeah my birthday was last friday <laughs> so ah, I, it just it just reminded me of of what i was doing straight away i was like oh yeah i did that that was so cool i want i want to ask what you're doing just in case you don't want to share. I it was it was it was classic. I I actually spent it alone and I and I loved it. I genuinely cuz I'm one of those people that don't really celebrate my birthday. I like to just take that day out for me like just to enjoy my myself with my thoughts, go out um and just kind of realign myself really. Um, it's only like my friends and some of the people close to me are like oh we need to do something, you know, you need to do. I'm like nah, you know what? Like you know me guys, like I I don't want to do it. I just I want my peace. So yeah. I kind of spent it to myself, but I did um I basically treated myself and went because I've never been to the Shard in London. So I went to the to the view to, to go to see, go see the view in the Shard at, uh, just before sunset. Um, wow! And it was a romantic experience for myself. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so it's I loved it, and I got some really cool pictures from up there. But it was just such a for me. It was just a, 
like I'm all about uh, people will say to me like how comes I spend a, a lot of time alone and and am I lonely and I'm like yes I'm lonely but I enjoy the time that I have with myself because yes mm-hmm. I'm lonely and I'm alone but that's the best time that I've learned to kind of love myself to be in peace with myself to find my purpose to to continue going in my life to to achieve something that I want long term because I'm just mm-hmm. driven by a lot of my dreams and and mm-hmm. some of the some of the reasons what like why I want to do stuff in my life and I remember the the podcast that you were speaking you know with uh, with with Steve you guys talked a lot about why as well you know like how going into deeper meaning to our life and and why we're doing certain things again I'm 27 years old now and I've realized now at my age and I keep realizing every single day that life is too short and I need to I need to just keep pursuing my passion and and mm-hmm. and my purpose is what I call it and one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I started my podcast was number one I wanted to help share other people's stories and their experiences and their thoughts and their wisdom with with the with like my community and the second reason was just because I wanted to hear other people's stories myself and mm-hmm. share with others around me what their life purpose is what their mindset is like yeah. how they got to where they are today and i i just thought having a podcast is so powerful it's really hard it's genuinely really hard to have a podcast and like to to edit to put it out there and to get all the content out like a lot of people don't realize they just listen to it every week thinking it's just like oh yes i just got a new episode or steve's got a new episode but it's really hard to get these all prepared have a conversation with people to bring a lot of value to your community and at the same time stay focused and and, and driven on your goals because mm-hmm. this is kind of this content and this kind of um a, a podcast in itself takes a lot of time and effort to kind of get out there but when you do and you get the feedback from people just from the conversation like this that we have with someone people people get a lot of value from it and that's what keeps driving us to have more conversations to try and reach out to more you know um influential people to to bring them to share their thoughts with everyone so you're totally right what you're saying about the thoughts that come into our mind and how it's just, just and you made a key distinction there between being alone and loneliness. Mm. There's a, a quote which I'll I'll butcher to some extent but it's from Blaise Pascal who's a French philosopher and scientist mathematician and he said that all of mankind's troubles stem from his inability to sit alone in a room. Mm. And I think it's very true. A lot of the time we are striving to distract ourselves from our experiences with food or people or sex, drugs, even work. And actually, if we can find synchrony and harmony with who we are, we can begin to actually appreciate and love who we are. We can then move from a place of compassion and calmness and gratitude and then take much more effective actions and so a key part of my journey has been learning to be content in the moment and to be mindful and to appreciate what's happening right now rather than having these internal attachments to external things that I think my happiness depends on I'll be happy when yeah I have published a book or when I have X amount of money or I have Y number of followers on Instagram. If we continually create those conditions, we'll constantly be on a hamster wheel where we're, we're, we're moving, but internally we're staying in the same place. Yeah. 
So, so going back, just going back to what we're saying about the way that the mind is built, you didn't try to have those thoughts. They came up automatically. Yeah. And that happens throughout the day. Now, the mind has a mind of its own, and it creates certain narratives and stories about our lives. It might create a story about who we are and what we're capable of. But a lot of the time, it underestimates what we can do and what we can achieve. And a lot of the time, it's focused on the negative. So there's an inherent negativity bias that the mind has. It's the way that the brain has evolved. It just happens that negative information is much more impactful on our brain than positive information. So you could be given five compliments in a day, but if someone makes one criticism, that's the one that we remember. Yeah. The reason why the press focus on spinning negative stories because they hit harder and they're remembered. It's why when you have an argument with a loved one, if you say something that's unkind and hurtful, you don't just have to say one thing, one positive uh, comment or compliment to create equilibrium it has to be four or five. So our mind has a negative slant and often the stories about ourselves are negative too. But when we realize that it's just a story, that it's just one, one voice, it's a bit like watching a film. We can watch a film, but we can either become immersed in it and, become, and, and take it to be true and then we really get into the film. But if we're not enjoying the film, we can take a step back and say, actually... It's just a film. There's not really a serial killer outside. Yeah. I can relax. And we can do the same things with our thoughts. We can begin to notice our thoughts and notice what does your mind come up with? What does it say to you? And sometimes it's harsh and it's critical and it's horrible. You wouldn't say these things to other people, but we all experience it. And so we can't change the way that the mind is built. We can't change the nature of the mind, but we can change our relationship to the thoughts that we have. And when it comes to emotions, we can be, begin to experience emotions without thinking that's who we are. We don't become anger. We might just be experiencing anger. Yeah. And whenever you notice an emotion, they did a very interesting study where they put people on fMRI scanners and they scan the brain. When people notice an emotion and they label it, I am experiencing anger. I'm experiencing sadness. I'm feeling hurt. It actually dampens the part of the brain responsible for emotion the amygdala. And so the intensity of the emotion then dies down. And then the flip side is to take action. It's important to, to work on psychology, but results come from doing, take, you know, making some sort of change. And, it, and one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they think that they have to make huge radical change to get big results. But actually, from the psychology of habits, we found that the simpler and the easier the action, the more quickly it becomes second nature. So start small, even if it's, if it's to do with your health and eating better, then look at one meal, look at breakfast, and just try and consistently make it a little bit more healthy mm. and start there. And when that becomes part of your everyday routine, move on to something else. I love that. D talking about action, and since you came on to action and food, what are, what are some genuine like actionable steps you recommend people to start taking those few daily little steps. Because I think most people, they just struggle with that first action, that, that first step. After the first yeah. one, they can slowly, you know, they feel good. So the next day they do it again and they do it again. And slowly, slowly we can form that habit. But most people start with that first step. So what would you recommend someone to do 
just to, to basically take action on the first step, feel a little bit better and then, and then move along the next day to take another step and another step. So I did my doctoral research into the psychology of weight loss maintenance, long-term weight loss. How can you lose weight but keep it off? Because if you look at the data over the last four or five decades, generally, no matter what people, no matter what diet people go on, whether it's low fat or uh, low carb, the outcome tends to be the same. If you look over a two to five year period, you see that people go on a diet, they lose the most amount of weight in the first six months, and then the majority regain any lost weight between three to five years, and up to two thirds regain more weight than they lost initially. Wow. So then they're, they're, they're a higher weight and then they try and find the next diet. And so there's very little empirical evidence to support the notion that diets lead to long-lasting weight loss or health benefits. And so what I'd recommend is to start wherever you are rather than trying to make a radical change to follow a meal plan or flip your, your diet upside down. Wherever your diet is right now, um, so one step you can do is to become more aware of it so you might want to set up a WhatsApp thread with someone that you trust and just take a, take a photograph of what you're eating and send it to them. And just that, that initial action of taking a photograph will make you become more aware of what you're eating and what you're putting into your mouth. Because yeah. on a daily basis, people tend to make about 220 food-related decisions wow. every day. That's a lot. <laughs> and the research shows that about 90% of these decisions happen subconsciously. Mm. Happen without our awareness. I can imagine. So we become more aware, we've got more control. Mm. And then just look to, like I was saying, improve. And what I focus on is improve the quality of what you're eating. Mm. So if you're um, having a, you know, if you're having a, like a fried, fried chicken and, and chips for lunch, see if you can have roast chicken and a baked sweet potato. You know, that might be too big a step, but it's just one example. Yeah. Because what we found is that we've always believed, the scientific community has always believed that a calorie is a calorie. Now, naturally, it's a truism. A calorie cannot be anything but a calorie. But actually, the quality of the calories that we take in impact our metabolic pathway. So we found that actually, if you focus on improving the quality, so when you look at carbohydrates, if you have more whole grains, uh, if you have, for instance, brown rice, quinoa, oats, uh, rather than more processed carbohydrates, which you know could be in the form of uh, white bread or pastries or or um, something else along those lines, even if the number of calories is the same, even if you're doing the same amount of exercise, your body tends to burn between 125 to 150 more calories per day when you improve the quality of it. And so really focus on not only quantity, but focus on if you're eating fats, try and have healthful fats from avocados, nuts, olives. The fascinating thing, it's not brain science. Often there's a lot of confusion in the nutritional space. But if you go back to basics and just focus on what you know is good for you, like the number one step, try and increase the amount of plants that you eat. Try and have you know, add a handful of spinach if you're making a chicken curry, add a little bit less cream or coconut and add more, add more veg to it. Very small things, actually, these small, small actions compound over time to lead to big results. 
as I, I totally agree with you. Like since I started really focusing more on my on the health side of aspects of things, only in the last three years I would say where I really became conscious of my health, um, and I really wanted to do, you know lose weight, start being more active, more fit. I was always like a fit person. I used to love playing sports, but only when I found like calisthenics and body weight training, and when I really got into that, I was just like in love because I was like if I can hold my whole body with just my body weight, then I've achieved my goal. That was my goal. It was literally, if I can do a handstand and if I can just lift my whole body weight up and do pull-ups and just yeah. basically do exercises anywhere without any equipment, but still stay active and fit, then I want to just one day probably teach people that or just share my journey with everyone. So I started sharing like my journey on Instagram. Every Monday I share like a Monday motivation video, just a one minute clip of small things, small exercises that I was, that I basically I'm learning and I'm, I'm sharing with everyone else. A lot of people will start seeing them and they love it. And they start calling me names like you the machine, <laughs> your Terminator, like you're crazy. So they had the hell you do a triple clap push up. And like they were, it was, it was fun for me to kind of get everyone's reaction because yeah. I, and, but then I, in the captions, I always share like my story. I, I share my journey there and in, in deep, like I tell people, you see in the triple clap pushup, but you never saw when I couldn't do five pushups in a row. Yeah. You never saw when I, when I genuinely couldn't do five pull-ups. You didn't yeah. see that. You're seeing the video now of like the, the, the fancy video that I'm editing and I'm posting to show, to kind of motivate you guys to go and, you know, keep active, keep fit. And I only post it once a week because I'm not a fitness expert. I'm not a personal trainer. It's just my journey. I'm literally posting it for myself. And if it motivates and inspires others, which it is, which are DMing me saying that my videos are helping them do yoga and, and go, in, go into their type of um, creative workouts that they, they like doing, that's amazing. For me, that's like I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm inspiring people to go and take action and, and look after their health. So something that I started recently looking into a lot um, is animal movements and animal mm. flow they call it and I, and I just love it like I just find it so fascinating how like body weight and kind of yoga put together and it's just it's, it's good all around for our body for strength for flexibility for mobility and I just started getting really into that kind of um, style of training but the reason why I brought that up is because do you believe like when we start when we genuinely start focusing more on our health in, and, and our mindset together because I know, you know, something that you probably would relate to is when you truly do focus on food, exercise, and mindset, those three things kind of, kind of can find us more happiness, more, more peace in our life. I believe so. The, the three core pillars of the work that I do with clients is mindset, nutrition, and movement. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much like, I just that was like the more smarter version of saying it but that's pretty much what I, what I had in mind <laughs> I love Absolutely. that and there's, and there's a, a wealth of data showing that our our physical health impacts our mental health and the way that we think and feel has an impact on our physical health as well yeah so and there's a reason why when you look at marines or ultramarathon runners they're often in tremendous physical form but they also have huge amounts of emotional and mental resilience yeah and the two are often built together and something else that you tapped into which i think is really important is motivation yeah because 
motives are central to initiating behavior and to maintaining it. But often our motives for starting a behavior are different to what continue it. So whenever we're starting a new action, it's often rooted in rational and long-term outcomes. So it could be losing weight for aesthetic reasons or um, to reach a physical goal. But in order to maintain change, what we really need to understand is intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation relates to doing a task that you find inherently interesting or enjoyable. You do it for the sake of doing it. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's just something that naturally lights you up. So it could be dancing or playing rugby or rock climbing or going to the gym or doing yoga, Pilates, whatever it is. And then you have external, extrinsic reasons, and that might be to gain uh, recognition from others or or applause or um, some sort of reward. But actually, we find that if you focus on the intrinsic motivation, there's really compelling evidence that it leads to more goal progress. You, you progress for longer, that you... It improves your learning, your performance, your persistence. And actually, it's a lot more self-sustainable. Yeah. And it leads to people feeling better about themselves, having more control over their emotions and, and for it continuing. So one of the things I say is focus on doing what you love. Even although hit might be the flavor of the month, if you don't enjoy high-intensity exercise, don't do it. If you don't like the gym, don't go. If you, yeah, but whatever you do enjoy, start doing that. So for my clients, so my clients are often high performance, but I also work with sustainable weight loss. So for my clients, I'd recommend to focus on, you know, for one client that could be dancing on a Monday night, or it might be, um, you know, some sort of body pump class or an F45 or whatever it is. And when you do what you love, you then fall in love with the process and then you, you end up moving towards your goals anyway. I love how you said that just now because that just reminded me of when I first heard of like calisthenics and body weight. And mm. I was like, I just fell in love with it. I genuinely did. I was just like, people were always telling me, and it comes back to what you were just sharing about like, I think extrinsic where we try to do some something kind of for others, like yeah. for, for external people, for to externally make others see, uh, be happier with what we're doing. When really it comes back to like the internal you were talking about, the, the intrinsic, it comes back to us. What do we enjoy? When I was yeah. doing bodyweight training only, and I mean only, no weights, people were telling me and the closest people to me in the gym, like some of my, some of my managers at work also come to me in the gym and tell, you know, they tell me like, why don't you do weights? Like, why are you always doing these things on the mat? Like, why are you always doing body weight and push-ups and pull-ups? Like, why don't you just add some weight to it so you can like look better and feel stronger? And I'm like... That's not what I want to, that's not what I enjoy. I don't yeah. like doing weights. If you want to do weights, keep doing the weights. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. As you can see, I'm going crazy. Like I'm enjoying my workout. And because I found something in exercise and in fitness that I enjoy. Even just now, like after, after body weight and calisthenics, when I started you know, learning more about animal flow movements now, I am falling in love with it. No one's yeah. convinced me. No one told me, Sadiq, you need this to be more flexible. I just came across a video on Instagram. I was like, what is this? I've never seen this before. And then it was one guy's video that I watched. Watched, I think it's the one guy that started Animal Flow. And I think his name is Mike Fitch or something like that. 
And uh, I watched his video and I saw his YouTube video and I just saw one video and I was like, damn, like this guy, like it just so amazing. Like it was like a human version of an ape. And I was like, wow, like the way the monkeys and the apes are moving around and how they're just hanging from trees and how they're so strong. It's yeah. not just because they eat bananas, right? <laughs> they're not just strong because they eat bananas. They're strong because like they genuinely, they move around with certain body movement, with the, you know, with the wrists. And like they've got certain things that they do differently when it comes to like just movement and mobility in general. So I just find it really fascinating how we can also learn how to flow and move like you know the the monkeys and the gorillas are doing or just animals in general and i i think if we can just in, include that in our workouts if if it's something that someone enjoys again it just comes back to what type of exercise fitness motivation does someone enjoy because if you don't enjoy it i i always tell people that go to the gym don't do the hit classes and don't do the the yoga classes if you don't like it i'm just like what do you enjoy in the gym and they say the rowing machine I was like, you know what? Go on the rowing machine every day for a couple of minutes. Just do that if that makes you happy. Yeah. Slowly, slowly from the rowing machine, pick another machine and then try that. Maybe the cycling machine, go on the cycling machine for another 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know? And then after that, maybe try on the treadmill. Just, just walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Just try it. And I just tell people, just try the, the different things in there and slowly get, your, get yourself motivated to try new things in there. Because if, it, if, we, if we don't try new things I think in life, if I never came across calisthenics or body weight or weight training or animal movement, I wouldn't know which form of fitness it is that I, that I enjoy. So I always encourage people, try a way or do something in your life that you enjoy. Forget about everyone external. Do something that you enjoy, that makes you genuinely happy. Like you said with your clients, it could be dancing, it could be the yoga, it could be, it could be, anything, that, it could be anything that they basically enjoy. Dr. Arya, I'm sure you'll agree with me that monkeys and apes didn't just get strong from eating only bananas, right? Well, it's an interesting point, but um, bananas are actually often overlooked as being a nutrient-dense fruit because they contain powerful antioxidants. They're a great source of fiber and minerals. And, you know, one medium-sized banana contains potassium, vitamin C, and about a third of your recommend daily intake of B6. So they might, you know, might not get as strong as a gorilla, but you'll definitely feel a lot better and be healthier. But don't even too quickly. And in all seriousness, though, what I was going to say is it can be applied to multiple areas of your life. 100%. So you in terms of exercise, but also in terms of the foods that you eat. Don't eat the foods that you think are healthy if you don't enjoy them. Focus on, on eating uh, you know, the fruits that you love. Or because there will be some fruits that you really, really find delicious and you're motivated to eat. And the same with the plants or the uh, like healthy proteins or um, the fats. Find foods that you love and really appreciate it and take time to enjoy it. Same with people in your life. Spend more time with people who you love. As much as possible with work, try and, do, try and focus on the projects or, or pull out the areas of um, your work that... It gives you that sense of excitement or, or drive. Mm. And if you're in charge of other people, a key thing I do in terms of leadership work is try and help the people that you're mentoring to, to work on projects that are aligned with their, their values or their interests. Mm. Try and help them to use their strengths in different ways because they'll be so much more content and you'll see 
more productivity and better results at the same time. So true. And it ties into actually a, a useful distinction that's been made in sports settings between different types of goals. So often people are, are become obsessed with having a goal. Now you can have an outcome goal, which is the desired end result. Mm. So in sports, that might be winning a tennis competition. But then you have process goals, and these are centered on the specific behaviors that a person will engage in in order to reach that goal. So in tennis, it might be having the optimal posture or foot positioning or uh, racket um, movement in order to perfect the drop shot. And so in that same way, you can look at uh, goals can also be seen as being performance-related, so achieving a certain standard, or mastery-related, where you develop a certain skill. Now, both are important because we're often motivated initially by this outcome goals. But in terms of a process goal, we've found that it actually shows that it leads to higher self-efficacy, which means you have more belief in your ability to uh, reach a result, higher concentration, and higher cognitive control over things like anxiety. So you're you're able to actually able to keep your anxiety in check or your fear in check in order to move towards your goals. So what I would say is focus on the process. Focus on, okay, before the, the camera, um, before we began, you were saying, what if you don't mind me sharing, uh, one goal you ha have is to do a TEDx talk mm -hmm. this year. So actually, if anyone is listening and they have a contact and they're involved, please get in touch with Sadik. <laughs> he would give a phenomenal talk and, and let's explore that. And something that you can do, one, you can have that goal, but you can also think, okay, what skills do I need or what do I need to develop in order to move towards that goal? And so it might be um, content of your talk. It might be uh, the way that you present. It might be building up contacts. It might be someone that who's confident speaking in front of a, a large stage. It could be a number of things. But when you focus on those as process goals, you're, you're much more likely to actually then improve any failure you receive, see it as feedback and then take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Instead of continually comparing yourself and saying, oh, I don't have a TEDx talk yet, I'm failing. And then people become disheartened and are much more likely to give up. So true. I, lo I love how you just brought that up as well because I think for me, it was all about, when I, ha when I set goals in my life, I, I, I focus on very few of them at, at one time. If, if anything, like two of them at a time, I'll focus on but I'll put all my 100% energy into those two things. So as I was sharing with you earlier, that TEDx talk, I just, it was in my mind. It was a goal of mine. Um, a lot of people were telling me like they really want me to do one. I started thinking to myself, maybe if I do one, it would probably add some more credibility for my, to, you know, for my speaking portfolio. So let me, let me just go for it and try. So I just reached out to literally, I went to the TEDx events page website mm -hmm. I went on every single organizer, and I'm not joking, Dr. Arya. I went every single TEDx, London, um, anywhere in the UK, basically. And I added every single organizer on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I DM'd them. I, I, I can't message them on LinkedIn until they accept my approval. So the ones that I accepted, I sent them a genuine message, not all copy and paste stuff. It was just a genuine message to reach out to them and to kind of get some guidance and help and support from their side. And basically, I just went crazy on one day where I just added so many of them and all these organizers. And I was like, 
I just focus my heart and my energy in let me try to connect with just one person that would see my content, that would believe in what I'm doing and be like, Sadiq, we'll help you organize one and, and let's, let's do this. And I just, I know, because I believe in myself so much, which has come over five and a half, almost six years of personal growth, you know, that confidence that I have today wasn't something I had a long time ago. And I think confidence is just a skill that any single person listening now, as I always share with them, that confidence is just a skill that we can learn. Anybody can learn it because I was super shy before Dr. Aria over five years ago. Believe it or not, I was super shy. I had eight friends, couldn't speak to women. Like I was terrible in my eyes and like, because I was completely self-aware of it too. I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't start a conversation with a woman and I knew that I couldn't speak to random strangers because I felt like, well, how would they judge me? It was only when I started, when I just had a mind shift one day and I was like, why am I living my life giving a crap about other people's opinions? Like, why do I care about this stranger that has no input or anything in my life that I, that I genuinely care about? Why am I caring about what they think about me? Why don't I just do something that I want to do? Because I know I'm not hurting someone. I know I'm not doing something evil or bad. I know I'm not doing anything negative. I just want a better life. It's just like everyone else listening. So like, if I just focus my energy and, 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 and putting actions towards what it is that I want to do and what I love and what I know how to speak about... Let me, just, let me just do that and help others along the way and inspire them. And that's how I found kind of through my journey in personal growth, how I, when I help others, I just feel motivated. I, I just feel more pumped. Like I want to go and do five TEDx talks, you know, because other people inspire me to just go and, and give more value, give back more. Absolutely. And so I'll also add it through any single ladies out there. <laughs> um, handsome chap. I'm mesmerized by looking at him right now. He's charismatic. He's genuine. Just reach out. And if you're a, if you're a single lady, you find him hot and you're running it. <laughs> now we're done. Dr. Arya. I don't normally like, I don't make business and pleasure, but I will give you that permission. If you need the permission, I'll just go for it. <laughs> I'm super grateful. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing with my whole audience about that. <laughs> Not at all. But I want to, just, just before I go into the final four questions that I have for you, I wanted to get your thoughts on gratitude because you mentioned it just, just before, before this. Um, what, what are your thoughts on gratitude and how can someone use gratitude as a fuel uh, to kind of find that peace? And to mm. find more contentment and, and, and um, kind of mindful, uh, mindful living, I, I call it. Well, I'll maybe I'll start with the research and then I'll give you my own perspective on it. So there's an interesting study looking at individuals who kept a gratitude journal weekly for 10 weeks um, or they did it daily for two weeks. And people who, who often write down something that they're grateful for uh, ended up having more positive moods. They're more optimistic about the future. They slept better. On average, they slept about 30 minutes longer and they felt more refreshed the next day. Wow. Now, there's evidence that writing occasionally, so maybe one to three times per week, is actually more beneficial than even daily journaling uh, because we might become adapt, we might adapt to positive events and then we all, they almost become numb to us. Yeah. And so it's often helpful to, don't worry if, you start off doing it every day and then, and then you drift doing it a few times a week. Don't think, oh, I've failed. Actually, you can find that really beneficial. Mm. And these things can be large or, or small. It could be being thankful for waking up this morning or um, for enjoying a nice meal or for receiving a promotion if it's something big. 
And I think what it harks back to is it's challenging that negativity bias. A lot of the time, our perspective is tainted by focusing on what has gone wrong. And personally, on a personal level now, I've often found that at the heart of all misery is a focus on what we do not have. Yeah. So it's focusing on the wife that left you or the job promotion you didn't get or the parent who passed away or the friendship that doesn't exist anymore or the relationship with your sibling that you wish was better, but it's not that way. When we focus on these things, we feel despair, demoralized, you know, just unhappy and discontent with life. But actually, if we can shift our mind to focus on actually the things that are going well, and no matter what storm you're going through, there will be positive things in your day. You know, the fact, like we're saying that you can take another breath or that someone uh, smiled at you on, on the bus or um, did something nice for you or the fact that it's the sun's shining. It can be small things. When we begin to focus on that, we begin to really appreciate the present moment because we, the irony is as much as it's important and wonderful to progress in different ways, we also contain everything that we need to be happy right now. And so gratitude for me then, it shifts your, your mindset to become more optimistic and to focus on, on what's going well. And whether or not you reach the destination or not, your moment-to-moment happiness is you know, determined by what's happening right now, by the way that you've seen the world, by the process. And so the more you can tap into that, the happier your life will be. I love that. That was, that was very, very insightful and super inspiring because I think... Like I take it to another level, Doctor Ari. I'm just like I'm. I'm. I'm grateful for my my hands, my yeah. wrist. Because when I hurt my wrist in, in training, I realized that the smallest thing in my whole body, like my wrist, is the one thing I subconsciously never ever think about, or consciously, and never. Wor- I never used to worry or think about my wrist. It's something normal until I I actually hurt it from doing some training, um, and then what? Even like just pushing the door open was hurting my wrist, and I was like, damn, like. I need to be, start being more grateful for even the tiniest things in my body, from my from from my legs, from my arms, from even though I'm pain. I mean, I'm in so much pain after training and stuff like that. I was just like, you know, what? I'm I'm grateful I have arms and legs because there's people out there like Nick Vujicic that doesn't have arms and legs and he's the number one like motivational speaker in the world. So I'm like, you know, there's always ways that we can find gratitude in the smallest of things, and we can even take it to the next level by just just realizing that what we have right now, just as in here in physical form that's yeah. something to be you know, grateful for absolutely and it can involve just stopping and pausing throughout the day mm-hmm. I do it all the time I'll just stop and pause and I believe in God and I'll say thank you God you know thank you for my health thank you for my relationships I'll think about someone that's really important to me um, send them a message or if I get one from them I'll think you know I'm just I'm so happy that I'm so close to my brother or um or whenever I'm running off and I'll do the same, I'll just, when I'm, my feet's hitting the ground, I'll, I'll, I'll go through and just say, thank you God for my feet and for my legs and for and all my organs are working right now. And I can actually do this because I used to work with people in chronic pain and we were unable to even walk unaided without feeling pain. And I thought, gosh, I do that every day. Or I notice, you know, I'll be in the gym and I'll see someone who's a, a lot older and maybe has some sort of mobility issues and 
they'll be walking so slowly to go to the door and I'll just end up, you know, walking quicker and go past them and hold the door open for them, of course, and wait. <laughs> because I'm a I hope so, Dr. Arya, not just like, like, get out of my way. <laughs> the place is be. Yeah. I'm a busy yeah. guy. Can you not see? <laughs> even more than that, I think, gosh, I just, I even, I take that for granted. And yeah. so it's not beating ourselves up when we take things for granted, but it's about giving ourselves credit when we do appreciate what we have. Mm-hmm. yeah no I love that so true like I did it the other day I saw a blind person just coming towards me while I was walking on the street for me that really hits me all the time every single time I see a blind person of the stick that yeah. really hits me that just genuinely that whole day I'm just thinking man yeah. like, I, I, imagine the life they could have been living right now if they can see what, what they were doing around them and I I was born with this sight I, I have this these yeah. beautiful eyes that work and I can see the world they can only feel things and hear things. They can't see the beauty that even I believe in God. So the beauty that God created on this planet, like they they can't see it. And I'm taking this for granted every day because I can see beautiful people, beautiful things, nature, animals. I can see everything around me and they can't. So I just, I'm just like, man, like that really always hits my heart when I see someone blind. Um, and I always try to do something to try, if I can, to help them. For example, yeah. this person I saw, they were walking on the, on the pavement with the stick, you know, moving it from side to side. And I saw on the floor, there was like some, like just like rubbish. Like someone just left like a whole bunch of rubbish in the middle of the pavement. So I quickly ran towards this person and I had to kind of move that, move it away from them. I was like, oh, there's just something on the floor. I'm just going to move it you know, away from you. Um, and they were just, oh, thank you so much. And then, you know, just carried on walking. But for me, it was just like a small act of kindness that I had to do it because I was like, I can see, like, I'm so grateful that I have my eyes. They couldn't see. They'll have to hit that with the stick and realize there's something there and go around it. Yeah. You know, well, a few popped into, into my mind. One, I completely agree, agree with you. You do have beautiful eyes. So. <laughs> I hope you're not hitting on me on, the, on, on this podcast, Dr. Harry. <laughs> Would that be such a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going, going, I'm going right now. Um, <laughs> I'm only good. Um, to to uh, that often whenever we look beyond ourselves, whenever we strive for something bigger uh, in terms of helping someone else or, or aligning ourselves with a cause, it gives ourselves a deep sense of fulfillment. And that's why people that have often gone through the most horrific incidents and lives um in life you know whether or not that's an illness or god forbid losing a child they often align then with that cause to try and make sure that they can either help people that are in a similar situation or prevent that from happening in the first place yeah and the third point that came to my mind is we might have huge aspirations and that's wonderful hold on to them but don't let that get in the way of making small acts of kindness now because at, at the end of the day, if we can put our head down and have a clear conscience and feel good about the actions we've taken and know that we've maybe made a person or so at least I, I have that I try and do as much as possible. If I can make a person or a place a little bit better than before I was there or with the person or the place, then I feel like I've done well for that day. And so... Yeah, and research backs up. We know that when people are given money to either buy themselves a cup of coffee or to um, buy something for someone else or an experience for someone else, 
we actually experience more happiness. Yeah, so, I agree. It's so powerful when we when we give to others truly, and I I always call it servant leadership, right? When we truly yeah. come from from a place of serving others without expecting anything in return, that's when I personally feel the best. Like when yeah. I know every day my content is going to inspire someone, me writing those captions or that post or that video, just creating it, number one, gets me happy because thinking about creating content for me is like, I just can't wait for those people that get to see it and get to have some kind of motivation and inspiration in their life just from some words I'm saying, yeah. from just experience of mine. I don't tend to usually share, um, like I never kind of copy uh, or like kind of take other people's quotes and stuff like that. All my content is kind of all from my own journey, from my personal experience, from my thoughts. Um, I will, when I do like the little whiteboard videos and stuff like that, that I put out on my content, I do find a lot of the, those ones I do take from other kind of research or other um, videos or places that I, I've learned something from. And I always share with people, this is, I learned something new and this is what it is. And this is how I, how I've um, personally kind of implemented it in my life and I hope it inspires you guys to do the same but for me it's all about just I, I believe truly in giving that original kind of just basically sharing your truth yeah you don't have to take other people's things and, and share their stuff all the time you can do it yeah. if it inspired you and it motivated you of course 100% share that but try your best to always put out things in the world that's your own personal truth or your story because we all have a story and I just believe we have to share that story because someone out there is going gonna, is gonna to hear or see that one day and just be super inspired because they, they needed to hear that. Yeah. And the more I work with people, the more I've come to the simple but profound realization that the more authentic we can be, and I know that sounds quite American and cliched, but the more that we can, can be ourselves on a daily basis the more different parts of our lives fall into place, whether or not that's relationships, uh, whether or not that's our career, um, or how we feel within ourselves. If we can take that courage to unashamedly be who we are and know that that's okay and that's enough, I think we're on solid ground. I think I'm going to add one last thing. Up on top of the authenticity is vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, and, things, and I think I, I think that's almost like two sides of the same coin. Because when you yeah. are authentic, you're not trying to project an image of strength. You're you're bearing you're bearing your soul in a way. You're um, you're showing who you are, and that is that includes all the rough edges. Yeah, fully just transparent, just just completely yeah. being yourself, not worrying you've got, about. You've got nothing to hide as well. You are who you are, and people can like it or they can dislike it. They can take it or they can leave it but you're living by your truth. And so there's a great, great sense of power in there. 100%. I love it. Love that. Dr. Aria, we'll run out of time, but I have something at the end of my podcast that I do with every guest. It's called the final four, where I have four questions for you. And basically you just have to answer the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. okay. So the first question I have specifically for you is in a nutshell, what's your definition of the word just life? Just life, like what does that mean to you when someone says it's just life? Like what's life to Dr. Aria? And do I, do I just give one word back or do I... No, no, like you, you have like a sentence. You can have like, in a nutshell, just put it in a nutshell. What's life to Dr. Aria? Life is a journey Going into the psychology. And <laughs> I'm a psychologist, I can't help it. Used to, used to drive my wife mad. 
Life is a journey of understanding who we are and having the courage to live out our truth. Love that. Bang on. Spot on. I love it. The second question I have for you is, what one video or documentary or movie have you ever seen in your life that truly made some kind of a mindset shift for you? Or, that, or something that you remembered from that video or documentary or movie? Mm. What would you recommend everyone to go and, like, you have to go and see this video? I watched, Game, I watched Game Changers recently. Okay. A lot of people uh, have been talking about that recently. Talking about that. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting to potentially uh, open, your, open your mind to, um, yeah, eating more plants, basically. But even, I'm trying to think what else is really had an impact. Um, it's funny, actually, just, just today, uh, there was a video, and I think it must be going around on social media, uh, of a guy, I think he might be in Africa, and he's dancing to This Is Friday. Okay. I don't know if you've watched it, but Google it. But he's just full of joy. Okay. Literally, he's, he has so much joy bursting from him that he's just dancing to this song while his, while his friend is... Um, it's playing it and like cheering him on. He's like, go Mufasa, go Mufasa. And he's just like dancing around and he's so happy. Yeah. And it reminded me a lot of the time we take life so seriously. <laughs> it's almost like that, that quote, if you take life too seriously, you'll never get out of it alive. And I know, you know, there's a, you know, it's a, a play on words, but I think if we can connect as much as possible to just having fun as well and just taking ourselves less seriously, taking, uh, taking our career less seriously. At the end of the day, it's a game. Hmm. You know, all our careers, it's a game and you, and you learn the rules and you play it and you progress to different levels. But when you treat it like a game, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you in the same way whenever you don't receive the respect or the money or the, um, the recognition that you want. Because actually, you know that that's not who you are. That's just one aspect of your life. And, and there's so much joy right here, right now. Love that. So true. So true. I think sometimes even I've realized as well, like we do take life like too seriously when we're like on that focused hustle mode and, you know, we just work, work, work towards your dreams. But that's why today, I, just today at the time of this podcast, I create a post around self-love and, and, and mm-hmm. self-care because I think it's so important for us to just sometimes just pause and take a moment just to enjoy an hour or two for yourself and yeah. reflect, introspect, just think about where you are. Be happy, grateful for what, 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 you, ha- what you have today, how far yeah. you've come. Like you've yeah. done a lot of things and you've, we've never put ourselves on the back and just said, well done, Sadiq. Well done, Dr. You know, Well done for being so brave and being so confident for, for being yeah. where you are today. And I think we do need to make time for that, for sure. Yeah. It's, a, it's the two points. One, it's appreciating where you are and how far you've come. And look at where you are now compared to 10 years ago. Exactly. And for all your listeners, just have a think about right now to 10 years ago where you were. And it's Tony Robbins that says often we overestimate how much we'll achieve in a year, yeah. but we'll underestimate how much we achieve in 10 years. Mm. And I think there's truth to that. We can, we can have goals for the year and we might not reach them, but when you look about how much you've achieved over a decade, you're, you're probably a different person in a different place. Yeah. And then the other side is just enjoying the moment right now. And that's why I love my dog, Alfie, because you see him and he's just so happy. Yeah. All the time. You know, he's just, yeah. um, he's just enjoying that present moment. Yeah, that's it. That's what animals in general do. They're just enjoying oh, that present. I think more time we can actually spend around animals and children, we'll learn a lot. 
Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. Animals and young children, yeah. we can learn so much from. Just seeing their joy and their happiness. Yeah. We can take it. We can, we can, we can learn and also remind ourselves of when we were that age. If, if it was yeah. a child, we can also, because yeah. we were that age one day too. So yeah. we can also remember, like, or if we don't remember, think to yourself, imagine what I would be, what, how I would be if I was that age. Just make sure you have the permission of the owner or the parent before you spend time with the... Uh, with the 100%. Thank you for the disclaimer. Okay, so the next question is... Um, so you've shared the, the video that everyone should go check out. Um, the Game Changers and that video. Um, if you have it, I, I can definitely share it with everyone. Um, so yeah, you know, I'll forward it on to you and then, and then yeah, share please it. Please do. I'll share it, definitely. Um, so what one book now? I know you probably read a lot and you have your own book, which I'm going to come on to very shortly. But what is the one book that, like, if you were to choose just one, which one would you get everyone to go and read now or download as an audible? Or if you've enjoyed our conversation, one that uh, really resonates with me is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And it's, uh, it touches upon psychology and philosophy to a an extent spirituality but it's about understanding how the mind works and how you can use that to experience more peace and contentment right now love it i need to check that out myself i'm gonna get an audio book because i don't like reading dr ariel yeah yeah yeah. well it's on it's on it's on audible i'm pretty sure it's on audible <laughs> yeah i'm sure it is i'll definitely find it I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna check that's, it out for sure do enjoy reading Listen I, I get sleepy, man. I, I tell all the guests, like, I'm so sorry, but I generally, I won't buy, I won't buy your book, but I'll buy the audio book because yeah, I'll well, definitely love listening to it. But if I read it, I'll fall asleep. My book's also available as an audible book. So um, I'm going to download it. I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to send you a screenshot to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> because I love psychology and I want to learn more about it anyway. So that's something I definitely will, will definitely buy for sure. Great. Okay, so the last question is it going to be a deep one before we end the episode, which everybody gets really excited about. But it's, if you can spend some time with someone that you look up to, whether you want to ask them some questions or you just want to learn from them and be around their space, whether they're dead or alive, who would that one person be for you and why? So you could pick anyone, whether they're if dead I, or they're alive. Yeah. Uh... One person. I mean, I might again. It might sound cliched, but it would be Jesus. Okay. Why? I, why Jesus? Why? Why be Jesus? Because, from my perspective, I, I think Jesus. Whether or not you believe he's the Son of God or he's or a man um, or a prophet, it would appear from the people around him that he's one of the most enlightened thinkers. Um, so Jesus, who else comes to mind? Buddha. Um, you know, Muhammad, Moses. Uh, these incredible human beings whose minds just seem to be completely open and connected to a level of wisdom that just seems beyond our comprehension at times. And so I think, uh, yeah. I love that. I love that you took it to the spiritual and the religious type of aspect because I also said the same thing when one of the guests asked me, what about you, Sadiq? You always ask us the questions. What about you? And I was like, damn. <laughs> um, but I, I also said the same. I said, I actually said Prophet Muhammad because yeah. I was like, I, like, just exactly what you said, like the level of their thinking and their thoughts, their mindset, the way, the way they, the actions they did, the character, yeah. the personality, like you name it, everything yeah. around these, these individuals in the past 
was just so amazing that it kind of imagine we're still talking about them after that many years how incredible they are as human beings for me that's just i would love to have been there at the time i mean that's that's living out your truth i mean you know again so a lot of these individuals were persecuted and a lot of them gave you know um buddha who you know gave up a lifetime of wealth in order to find his truth and to live that out jesus who was literally you know nailed to a cross for his beliefs i mean that that's courage mm. and so we might not achieve that but if we can just face our discomfort and try and put ourselves out there on a daily basis i think we're moving in the right direction i love that that's uh, a beautiful way to end it dr aria <laughs> beautiful word the wisdom to end and i and i truly honestly i really love this conversation i genuinely wish i can talk for longer with you but um unfortunately <laughs> you're, uh, yeah you're a wonderful man sadik and i've i've been enjoyed uh just having a very open real conversation with you hopefully your listeners will have enjoyed it as well 100% man I, I i'm sure they're 100% they they loved all the piece of wisdom you shared if they want to reach out to you dr aria what is the best way they can reach out they can get your book they can learn more about psychology how can they come and reach out to you or be of service to you uh instagram's probably one of the easiest ways so it's dr.aria a r i a um on my website dr-aria.com um and on there is my email address as well so yeah i'd say to reach out or, or the book is called a mindful year which i co-wrote with a um another professor of psychology and that's available on amazon and um it was published in the states but you can you can get it here you can either get it on a kindle or as an audiobook but you have to listen to my voice and my co-author's voice who's got a wonderful sultry american voice um and then you get my strange scottish one coming in not strange it's not strange man it's sexy again <laughs> you're, 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 <laughs> I, I had to add that in because you added it in earlier to me. <laughs> you're, you're, playing, you're, you're playing the uh, the slow cat. You're really in. <laughs> Listen, I, just because you honestly, like I love I love this psychology battle that we're having right now. <laughs> I, if I could speak, if we, if this could go on for longer, I wanted to ask you more about psychology and stuff because, like, psychology is something that I missed out on in, in the episode. But I'm sure we'll have another conversation soon. Yeah, um, I genuinely like wanted to help everyone else more with psychology and to get them yeah. to learn more. But I, honestly, reach yeah. out to Dr. Aria if you guys want to learn more about like psychology and mindfulness, living in the present moment. Please go and reach out to him. Like he's an amazing guy. Like he puts out good content. Um and his wisdom is beyond wisdom. So um I, I genuinely I'm so grateful that that I got to spend this time with you, Dr. Aria. I'm looking forward to staying in touch and learn more from you and more psychology battles with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I've learned I've learned from you as well. And I think that's important to remember that you don't need a doctorate in psychology to be a natural psychologist. A lot of people are really fascinated by the way that the mind works. And like you said earlier, you can learn a lot just through observation, through observing your own thoughts, your own emotions, and you know, watching people around you. 100% love it I love it thank you so much I'm so grateful Dr. Aria for having you on the episode. thank you thanks for sharing your time with us I know you're a super busy man it took me like months and months to get you on this episode but I'm so grateful that you're that you're spending you time with me so um, thank you so much man awesome take cool. care oh you too take care Dr. Aria mm-hmm.
If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.